0: Britain's route out of lockdown, Hancock's dodgy COVID contract, grounded Boeings, and the cost of Texas's storms. This is your TLDR News Daily Briefing for Monday the 22nd of February. In the first story today, we look to the UK to discuss the easing of Britain's lockdown. Unfortunately, due to the constraints of producing this video, the daily briefing has to be written by the early afternoon in order for it to be out on time. That means that we don't yet have all the details we need on the government's plans to unlock. However, we do know some things, with it already being announced that schools are set to reopen on the 8th of March, something that was confirmed by the government earlier this morning. They've also announced that on the same day, people in England will be allowed to socialize outdoors with one other person outside their household bubble. Currently, people are allowed to exercise outdoors with someone outside of their household bubble, but they cannot sit and have a picnic or sit on a bench and drink a coffee with them, for example. This is set to change though, supposedly from the 8th of March, later in the month on the 29th people are expected to be allowed to meet up in groups of up to six or two households outdoors including in a private garden area in his speech to parliament this is what johnson had to say about the current state of covid and the relaxation of rules
1: the threat remains substantial with the numbers in hospital only now beginning to fall below the peak of the first wave in april but we're able to take these steps because of the resolve of the British public and the extraordinary success of our NHS in vaccinating more than 17.5 million people across the UK. But no vaccine can ever be 100% effective. Not everyone will take them up and like all viruses, COVID-19 will mutate. So as the modelling released by Sage today shows, we cannot escape the fact that lifting lockdown will result in more cases, more hospitalisations and, sadly, more deaths. This would happen whenever lockdown is lifted, whether now or in six or nine months, because there will always be some vulnerable people who are not protected by the vaccines. And that is why it is so crucial that this roadmap should be cautious but also irreversible. We now aim to offer a first dose to all those in groups five to nine by the 15th of April. And I'm setting another stretching target to offer a first dose to every adult by the end of July. As more of us are inoculated, so the protection afforded by the vaccines will gradually replace the restrictions. The sequence will be driven by the evidence. So outdoor activity will be prioritized as the best way to restore freedoms while minimizing the risk. At every stage, our decisions will be led by data, not dates, and subjected to four tests. First, that the vaccine deployment program continues successfully. Second, that evidence shows vaccines are sufficiently effective. Third, that infection rates do not risk a surge in hospitalizations, which would put unsustainable pressure on the NHS. And fourth, our assessment of the risks is not fundamentally changed by new variants of covid before taking each step we will review the data against these tests and because it takes at least four weeks for the data to reflect the impact of relaxations in restrictions and we want to give the country a week's notice before each change there will be at least five weeks between each step
0: we'll have to keep an eye on this situation to see if britain can stay on track and if the tests will be passed allowing for further unlocking and people to meet outside as we discussed earlier johnson is also expected to announce a wider longer roadmap to ease us out of the current lockdown restrictions although at the time of writing we don't yet know what they are We will be sure to update you on this again tomorrow, though, once we do have all of the details, so be sure to subscribe to the channel to be notified when that happens. For the second story today, we stay in the UK to discuss the controversy surrounding Health and Social Care Secretary Matt Hancock and the delay in publishing coronavirus contracts. Specifically, this controversy is around the fact that a judge has ruled that Mr Hancock acted unlawfully in denying the publication of such contracts, something that he refused to apologise for on the Andrew Marsh show on Sunday. Mr Hancock was required to publish the details of contracts signed within 30 days, which he claimed he wasn't able to do because he and his team were focused on buying huge quantities of PPE, something the UK was in dire need of at the beginning of the pandemic. He added that his team were often working 18-hour days and many were working 7 days a week. In fact, quite boldly, Mr. Hancock said to Ma, you tell me that's wrong. You can't, and the reason you can't is because it was the right thing to do, and legal cases about the timing of transparency returns are completely second order compared to saving lives. Mr. Hancock also rejected calls for him to resign over the issue. What do you think about this issue, though? Is it a major problem, and should Hancock be apologising? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Also, keep an eye out for a full video on this topic over on the TLDR UK channel tomorrow. In the third story today, we move to the US to discuss the aircraft whose engine broke down and started dropping over Denver at the weekend. According to Boeing, the manufacturer of the engine that broke down, the fault was due to the engine itself. So, accordingly, all of Boeing's 777 planes that were in operation, the planes using the engine were grounded and in total, 128 planes were grounded. The engine fire happened on United Flight 328, which was headed to Honolulu, Hawaii. The incident happened just after takeoff, causing debris to be deposited all over Denver, with people finding parts of the plane in their back gardens and in their streets. Luckily, though, no one was injured. In the last story today, we go to Texas to discuss the ongoing storm crisis hitting the state. Because following a huge storm, many in Texas have been left without power or clean drinking water. This has led to many moving in with friends and family, even despite the risk posed by the coronavirus. Or they've been forced to queue for water and live without heating or electricity. It's been discovered over the weekend though, that even those lucky enough to still have access to water and electricity have had to pay huge amounts for that privilege. Some residents have claimed that they've had to pay up to $16,000 for just a few days worth of power. This is largely down to the increased cost of power decided by the Public Utility Commission of Texas. Those on fixed rate tariffs will be unaffected, but those on variable market rate tariffs are set to see some huge bills come their way. The Mayor of Houston has suggested that the state should pay for people's electricity due to the truly monumental size of these bills, although nothing has been decided just yet. For those of you who think the news is too long, be sure to check out tomorrow's daily briefing. Read the newsletter by signing up at tldrnews.co.uk forward slash daily. Listen to the briefing by searching for TLDR News in your podcast app or watch the briefing over at youtube.com forward slash TLDR Daily.